A great sales professional is self-made. The thing that makes one succeed in the field of selling, and this is after 43 years of working with 3,200 companies around the world in virtually every industry you can imagine, the thing that I've observed is those that succeed are those who decided to and were willing to pay whatever the price was within reason mm -hmm. to get there. In other mm -hmm. words, they were willing to endure disappointment, difficulty, to uh, have to find solutions beyond their own strength. Happy 2020, everyone. We have a really exciting year planned for you to help optimize your sales performance and take your skills to the next level so you can reach your targets faster. You know, our online sales training platform, Soko Academy, has a bunch of new courses being added in the coming months, including a new relationship selling course in February. So if you aren't a member of Soko Academy yet, head on over to socoacademy.com slash join hyphen now and get started. The link is in the show notes. Hey everyone, it's Tom here, Soko Sales Training, and I am very excited to have you all with us again on our podcast and even more excited to have with us Jim Cathcart, Hall of Fame speaker, a sales expert, and just an all-around great guy. So it's good Thank to have you, you here, Jim. I appreciate that. How you Thank doing? you, Tom. Yeah. Awesome. So I'm thrilled to have Jim here for uh, a few reasons. Number one, of course, he's a sales expert, and we love sales experts here. Um, and also because Jim's got great taste. He's got great taste in books, as I understand Indeed. it. And um, let me just read this. This is my first book, The Soho Solution. The Soho Solution is the success manual for small business owners and sales professionals have been looking for. Jim Cathcart, author of relationship selling <laughs> one of his 20 books i might True, add yeah. so this this gentleman uh, knows what he's talking about so thank you for being oh, here jim my pleasure my pleasure so as you know our audience would be you know sales professionals sales leaders and business owners so yep. a big question that i think a lot of them might want to have answered is what makes a great sales professional a sales a great sales professional is self made the thing that makes one succeed in the field of selling, and this is after 43 years of working with 3,200 companies around the world in virtually every industry you can imagine, the thing that I've observed is those that succeed are those who decided to and were willing to pay whatever the price was within reason mm -hmm. to get there. In other mm -hmm. words, they were willing to endure disappointment, difficulty, to uh, have to find solutions beyond their own strength. Mm. In many cases, you have to reach out or find a system or an app or something to do the things that you're not particularly skilled at. Right. And they're willing to do that. Those mm. that don't succeed in selling uh, are those that strictly rely on their gift of gab or right. their persuasive ability and they think, no, no, I've got this, I'm good at selling. Mm. No, you're good at talking and maybe you can <laughs> persuade people for a little while but good at selling means good at preparation, good at targeting the right people, good at connecting with those people so they trust you, good at assessing their needs and their wants, good at solving their problem and mm. showing them that you have a solution they can believe in, good at confirming the commitment to buy, mm. good at assuring that they're satisfied afterwards, and good at managing sales and managing self. So that's, you know, there's no natural born salesperson. Is, is that all? Except for one piece of it, yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like, you know, a lot of people in sales, they just wing it, right? And they feel as though well, it's just- Well, most people, yeah. yeah. Most people, when they enter sales, they think selling is telling, right. you know, it's talking. Yeah. And that couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, the, the most effective sales people are great 
curiosity people. They're mm. great question askers. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they know what to wonder about. Right. It's like one time I came home from a speaking engagement and my wife said, how'd it go? And I said, it went great. She said, who had the check for you on site? I said, what a great question. <laughs> What a, let's put that on our pre-program right, checklist. checklist. Yeah, yeah. collect yeah, the check because, on site. Because I, you know, I was going. That was early in my speaking career, and I would go, and they would pay me on site as opposed to sending it in advance or, or you know, processing it remotely. And uh, so I always had to find whoever had the right. check. But it hadn't occurred to me right down find the person who right. has the check. But you know what, Jim? I think that also says something about how committed you were to the process, right? Like you were obviously there delivering value for customers, and you're just like. It didn't cross your mind, right? Right. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't on my list of, of must dos. Right. Until it was over. Yeah. You know, then obviously, oh, yeah, I should probably <laughs> like minor get paid detail, for this. right? Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I love what you say about that, Jim, because I think you know it's a it's a big distinction that, that we make in our training programs is there's the the people side, which is the yeah. gift of gab, but what most sales reps miss is the the process side. And there's a whole process that we all need to go through. So completely. Do, do you feel that sales reps are kind of like like born, like you know, you hear this thing about natural born salespeople, or or are they are they bred, or is it a combination? It's the same as best selling authors. You know, they're mm. born, and mm. and brain surgery, they're born, right? Mm. But clearly, they don't need much training. They're just natural. So just go in there, dig around in somebody's head, and mm. do the surgery. You've got a gift for, and everybody's going to be fine. Pardon yeah. my sarcasm. Don't, don't go to that, that, that pardon my neurosurgeon, sarcasm. all right? Yeah. That's a sarcasm. <laughs> but sometimes our audience doesn't always pick that up. Yeah, but that was sarcasm. Do not go to that doctor that <laughs> cited those uh, uh, skills as their... Speaking of that, right. I yeah. recently went to my doctor mm. for a test, uh, you know, like a physical uh, physical exam, mm -hmm. and uh, part of that was them taking blood and, and uh, analyzing the blood for all the things that doctors do. And the guy who was taking my blood that day was really distracted and oh. really nervous. Okay. And so he, you know, I came and sat down. He yeah. never made eye contact. Okay. With all right. He's okay. All right. I'm here. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. And he gets his thing and he's trying and he misses the vein. And he, and he he's just wipes pretending, but and that hurt. Yeah, right. <laughs> he, he wipes that off, and he gets. And I said, you know what? Hang on a second. Mm. And he said, no, no, it's all, it's okay. I said, hang on a second. He said, no, look, I, I can get it. I'll I'll do it right. I said, hang on a second. Mm. And I waited until he looked up, and I got eye contact. Nice. I said, I'm a guy. Right. I'm not an arm. I'm mm. a guy. Right. That's my body. Mm. You're too nervous right. to be poking holes in my body right now. Let's do this another day. Yeah. <laughs> he said, oh, no, no. I said, no, trust me. This is not a good day for you. Right. And I don't want it to then become not a good day for me. Right. So I left. Because then it'll be an even worse day for him. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> so then I was leaving, and, and my doctor came over and said, what's wrong? And I said, he's not having a good day, mm. and I'm not willing to help him. So uh, I'll see you another time. Right. And he said, I totally understand. Go ahead. Wow. Okay, cool. I love that Most, story. Many people wouldn't speak up. No, of course not. They just let him poke around. You know, yeah. they'd go home and say, hey, right. they tell me I'm going to live 100 years unless I die from this. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, well, you and I definitely have that in common because yeah. I would not let that happen to no. me in a, in a doctor's office for sure. So, you know, so clearly sales reps are, are not born, but they're bred, which means like they, they have to learn. These yeah, are but skills think, that they can Tom, learn, right? I think the key is they've got to be self-bred. Mm. In other words, you've got to decide if this is a career you love, if this is something that just feels right in mm. your soul of souls, then 
make a commitment to, to succeed at it. Decide today to be successful at selling mm. and to have a brilliant career in sales and you will find the things to do, whether it's this book or this book or somebody else's training, you will find the ways that you need in order to be successful. Mm. The number one sales trait, sales success trait, is a personal commitment to achieve success. I love that. So there's like two words that you, you said a number of times that to me are so powerful. So one was decide. So you have to make yeah. a decision that you want to be a top performing sales professional and decide that I'm going to do what it takes in order to do that. Yeah. And then the second word I heard you say, Jim, was commit. You've got to commit to the process and commit to taking action and commit to the hard work because if it was easy, everybody would do it. Yeah, that's right? like the will to win. I wrote a book recently with Brian Tracy and some other folks and, and uh, the title we chose was The Will to Win and mm. I made my chapter, the signature chapter, the will to win. Cool. And I said, the, everybody has the desire to win. Will is something quite different. And the will to win requires that you have the will to prepare, the will to endure disappointment, the will to keep going despite pain and discomfort, the will to uh, reach out and learn and grow instead of assuming you've, you've got this, right? The will to, you know, and there's a whole bunch of wills to right. that total up to the will to win, but there's right. no will to win that's a singular thing you right. can go do. Right, because winning is not just a, a thing that happens, it's a, a number of things that you have to yeah. do to get there. Yeah, oh, it's I like that. Muhammad Ali, I think, is the one that said that the fights aren't won in the ring, they're won in, in, in the practice gym. Yep, for sure. Yeah. Oh, I love Muhammad Ali, yeah. man. He was like, growing up, for me, watching him, I mean, he was, he was, he was the king. He was the yeah, champ. Yeah, I yeah. met him. I was in Alaska for a speech, and he was up there filming really? some commercials for somebody. And uh, I saw him in the hotel, and I shook hands with him, and I was astounded how soft his hands were. Really? Of course, they were you know, right, right, right. weapons as well, yeah. but they were You were soft. on his good side, Yeah, right? I was on the good side. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's so cool. So, I mean, we, we talk about um, the importance of relationships in sales, and obviously you've you yep. know, written one of, your, one of your signature books that, that a lot of us know very well is relationship selling. So what, what exactly is relationship selling in well, a nutshell? When I first introduced this concept, it was back in the 1980s, and maybe even the late 70s when I first started using the phrase. But relationship and selling were seen as separate words back then. Mm. Relationship was always love and romance and stuff. And selling was hard and, you know, profitable and all right. that. So men did selling and relationship did yin and yang. Right. right? And like selling and is something you do to someone. Right. Like I'm going to sell, well, totally. I'm going to close that person. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to close that person. Right. Not a nice thing to do. Mm. So I said... A relationship is a connection between people in which value is exchanged. So if a relationship is valuable to both parties, shouldn't you manage your relationships intelligently, intentionally, and treat relationships as assets? Mm, mm. Because the beginning, you know, just a connection between people or a, a, a transaction of good morning, good morning is meaningless. Mm. It's nice, but it's meaningless, right? But if you start taking an interest in each other and then you start assisting each other from you know, holding a door open to offering an idea to solving a problem, mm. then that relationship becomes more and more valuable and the person wants to hang on to it right. so that they can sustain this over time. Mm. So why don't we approach every relationship in a business that way mm. and make a relationship an item we track 
We develop it through a, a predictable set of steps in a system and sell in such a way that we have the relationship at the end instead mm. of just the pay. Mm, I love that. So like, what's the first thing that the average salesperson should be doing out there as it relates to relationship The first selling? thing, and this is going to be the same in any field, the first thing you need to do is change the way you think about it. Change the way you think about it. Selling is not the purpose of selling is not profit. A product of selling is profit. Mm. The purpose of selling is to make life better for people and to do it in a way that earns profit so you can keep on doing it. Because if you do it in a way that's not profitable, you're going to run out of resources right. and you can't help enough people that right. way. So profit is, is just like blood to a body. It's not mm. the purpose of the body, but without it, the body dies. Mm. Money is to a business as blood is to a body. It's got to have plenty of it, and it's got to circulate all the time, mm, right? Yeah. But it's not the reason you exist. Right. And most people would say, well, purpose of selling is to make a sale, to get a, get a paycheck. No, it's not. Because mm. the, then you could say the purpose of nursing is to get a, a fee mm -hmm. for doing the nursing. The, you know, the purpose of, of child care is to get paid for the monthly uh, subscription. Right. So when you no. put it like that, yeah. you would never think like that. Right. So then why do we have that thing about sales? Right? Because of where selling came from. Right. You know, selling started with ugly roots. Right. And and so it was always a do it to people kind right. of a thing until the recent era. And and this was part of that transition. I had to champion this this different way of looking at it for a long time. Mm. And then after a while, people would say, so you wrote a book, what, what's the title? Relationship Selling. Oh, that's what we do. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> so this is so great, right? Because we've got, I mean, you're, you're like the architect, the, the, the founder of, I mean, yeah, I mean, well, one of the first champions, of this whole concept of relationship selling, which is something that we all just talk about now, right? Yeah. But it's, but we need to do it more and really have that mindset of that. So I think that's great, which kind of leads me into another one of your popular books, uh -huh. the acorn principle. Yes. And I've seen one of your, your TED Talks, your TEDx Talk uh -huh. on the acorn. Well, I mean, it wasn't yeah, on the acorn, right. but you, yeah. you referenced that. It was that. in that, yeah. It was in that, and it's a great story. So can you share with us just very, you know, briefly, what's the, the premise, yeah. the, the metaphor, the concept of the acorn principle? My company logo is the acorn. The acorn is the seed of an oak tree, and an oak tree is one of the most common trees on earth. Um, an oak tree that does really well becomes a huge, spreading, mighty oak that lasts for hundreds of years and produces literally millions of acorns, little seeds mm. of potentially future trees or food for squirrels or fertilizer for the ground or whatever. Mm. But the acorn is the universal symbol of potential. Mm. Now, if you look at an acorn and you think of it as a symbol of potential, what does it have the potential to be? A racehorse? Uh, no. Um, a an algorithm? Uh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, you know, it, it's only going to be one thing: right. an oak, an oak tree. Mm. Right? It can't be a spruce, an elm, a redwood. If you sent the acorn to redwood camp, it would come back depressed and frustrated <laughs> because all week it would be getting this. I am a redwood, great and tall. <laughs> yeah. My mighty branches shelter all. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough, and people like me. <laughs> you know, th no. Mm -hmm. it, I mean, go hang out with redwoods and find out what their secret success is. Not going to help an oak, no. right? So we need to know what kind of seed is in us, and then we need to nurture our nature. In other words, don't try to change your nature. 
figure out what you're gifted at already, but haven't yet cultivated fully, and specialize in that, and your, pro your progress will come quicker, your results will be better, and you will feel better and live longer, and the world will be happier because you've used what you're gifted at doing instead of something artificial that you mm. were trying to reach out and acquire. Mm. So, how do I lead someone to finding out what their seed is and cultivating that? Well, I spent several years working with a psychological research firm, and owned a psychological research firm in Arizona, and had a team of researchers uh, from Arizona State University's psychological testing service that were doing some of the, the heavy lifting. And the Acorn Principle is a book that teaches people how to discover what makes them who they are. Mm. For example, there are multiple intelligences, many ways of being smart. All of us have all of them, but some of them are well-developed and some are not. Mm. So we need to know how we are smart, not mm. just how smart we are. At the same time, mm. we need to know how smart we are. In other words, what's our bandwidth or processing power? Mm -hmm. And we need to stay within that so that we're not getting into the area of dysfunction where we're pushing for too much from ourselves. Right, in areas that maybe we don't have that natural strength, right? right? Yeah. And then we mm. need to know what we deeply care about. What are the natural values that motivate your choices in life and your relationships and your career and, you know, in, in general? Mm. And uh, so we look at intellect, we look at intellectual bandwidth, we look at uh, value priorities, we look at personal velocity, which is intensity and drive. Mm. Everybody's either high, moderate, or lower in velocity naturally. Right. Yeah. And the world, most of the world requires lower velocity um, work, and uh, only a little bit of the world requires very high velocity, but there are people like, like the two of us, yeah, <laughs> yeah. who tend to, to you know, if, if someone says, uh, where are you going? I say, I'm going to go buy China. Well, you know, to my wife Paula, that means dinnerware. To mm. you and me, it means real estate. Yeah, right. I'm going to buy China, right? Yeah. Different scope, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, so we have to work harder than she does, but mm. That's by choice. <laughs> and if we don't have a big challenge, mm. we become unhappy. Mm -hmm. And if someone with lower velocity has a huge challenge, they're, they're unhappy because the challenge is so big and overwhelming. Absolutely. So we yeah. need to match our own natural pace and priority mm. and focus. And then we need to, to uh, it, once we understand ourselves, we need to start tailoring our life to be a perfect fit mm. for who we naturally are. Mm. And our progress will just flourish and we'll have a forest of mighty oaks. I love that. You know, another thing that I love about that, when you talk about kind of, you know, knowing yourself and whatnot, is one, one of your quotes that I really love is something like, I'm paraphrasing, and he's right here, but I'm gonna paraphrase Jim's own quote, is what, what would the person I want to become, or how, what yeah. would the person I'm about to become how would they do what I'm about to do? Absolutely. Right? That's what I call the daily question. Mm. And if, if you think, in, instead of saying, I want to be like Tom, so how would Tom do this? That's helpful. But what's more helpful is to understand yourself. Think about the future you. When you've fully evolved and you are an enlightened, uh, more advanced version of you, how would that version of me do today's work? Mm. How would the person I'd like to be in my heart of hearts the, the best me. Right. How would the best me do today's work? Yeah. And so everything you do is upgraded to a higher level than you would have done it naturally. I love that because, you know, we often hear in sales and business and life that whole, you know, fake it till you make it type thing. And I really don't like that advice. But, I don't either. But 
hopefully the spirit of it, hopefully the spirit of it is what you're talking about. Hopefully the spirit is what you're talking about, which is like, what would the best version of me in my future, how would they handle this situation right now? Yeah. And then just darn well do it. Right. Absolutely. And th- you, I wrote yeah. a book called The Power Minute. Mm. Uh, originally, it was called The Self-Motivation Handbook. And I put in it 336 one-minute ideas for how to do just that. Mm. How do you make little tiny adjustments day to day so that every day becomes a better reflection of who you naturally are? Mm. And you're behaving at your highest and best self instead of your old self. You know what I love about this? So it's The Power Minute. Your motivation handbook for activating your dreams and transforming your life. Well, we, we need this motivation handbook because, you know, people always talk about, hey, motivation, motivation, but they don't always know what it means. We hear this term all yeah. the time, motivation, yeah. right? But I think you, you've said it best. Motivation is really, it's like getting yourself to do the things you don't want to do when it's hard. That's right. It's right? the, the ability to get yourself to do what needs to be done when it needs to be done as well as it needs to be done when you don't yet feel like doing it. Right. So it's easy to be motivated when you're feeling great. Yeah. Right? And you're pumped up and all that. But it's just like every single day is a challenge that we have to wake up and we have to be up and ready for that challenge whether or not you're feeling good or not. Right? Yeah. And I think the, the key to understanding motivation is to understand the roots of the word. Motive, action. A motive without action is just a fantasy or a dream, mm. okay? Action without a motive is random behavior, mm. you know? So like a three-year-old running loose, yep. right? Okay, so... I've got a four-year-old running yeah, loose and a Motive with action yeah. is meaningful. Wow. And so think of what your motives are. What are your dreams? What do you care about most deeply? What do you aspire to? And I don't mean a Rolls Royce. I mean a lifestyle. I mean the you that you will be in the future. Mm. Not things, but the reality of your day-to-day life. What kind of person do you want to be? And then build into every day the tiny little actions. Like in this, each idea is only one minute to right. read, right? I, I know that because I read them aloud and it took <laughs> one minute it. on each one. We right. edited them all. Um, so just tiny little tailoring adjustments mm. to make your life a better fit for your best self. Mm. I love that. That's amazing. Thank you. So I get, you know, and, and in our training programs, I often, in my talks, I talk about, you know, motivation being your motive for action. Yeah. And I don't know where I got it, but maybe I got it from Jim. Probably. Because I just heard it right here. Maybe yeah, because it's never been said before in history. Wow. Oh, yeah, unless, right. Okay. Unless maybe I heard it from somebody years ago. <laughs> well, maybe you heard it from me. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah, I don't think so. But anyway, but you never know. But um, so I guess one one last thing here, Jim. So, you know, with, with, with sales reps, when they're facing either the end of a quarter or the end of a year or the Pressure end of a time. You know, yeah. fiscal year, whatever target they're coming up against, what advice would you have for them to kind of you know, see through the tough times? When you've got a big challenge in sales, be careful not to go out into the marketplace in desperation. <laughs> because if the people feel that you're pushing a little too hard, you're being just a little bit too loose with your facts, you're encouraging them beyond what would be natural and appropriate, they're going to know. Right. And if they don't know, they're going to find out later. Mm. And then they're going to resent you. So it's, it's, it's like I was saying to a sales trainer long ago when I was a young salesperson. I, I went through a role play with him. 
and I had all these memorized handling objections techniques, you know, all the power closes, you know, the hat and hand close, the half Nelson close, the, the sharp angle close, the, that's the very reason the boomerang, you know, that's the very reason you should buy clothes, all those, which are fine, that's a good way to structure a sentence and, or a paragraph, mm. but not as a memorized routine, because then it's just objection response ping pong until somebody loses the game. Right. And when you do that, the person will buy in many cases, but it's like I, I did with Doug McDonald that day. Doug was my sales trainer, and we went through the role play, and at the end of it, he said, stop. And I said, well, what, uh, why? What, did I do something wrong? He said, well, you're about to make a sale. And I said, duh, mm. that was my intention. Mm. And he said, Jim, based on what I told you going into this role play, I didn't need what you were selling but you kept pushing and you kept coming up with ways to overcome my objections, not understand my concerns, mm. overcome my objections. Right. And I became more likely to object. And then you finally put me in a position where I had to say yes or be humiliated. And so I said, I would say yes, but even though I would buy today, three days from now I would return it and mm. I would resent you ever after. Wow. And I said, oh, my God, what mm. have I done? <laughs> he said, Jim, he said, don't worry about it. That's what most people do. Mm. Let's just go back and do it again. And this time, forget about whether you make the sale. Do the right thing. And it was a very different dialogue. Felt more natural mm. because I wasn't pushing to sell. I was helping. And we didn't settle on what I was suggesting. We found something else mm. and confirmed the sale there. It works best for the customer. Yeah. Jim, that's awesome. So I think uh, there have been some wonderful nuggets here. So thank you very much, Jim. How My can pleasure. people how can people uh, get a hold of you and reach out to you? Come on over to the house. No, it's I'm just joking. that easy. We'll put Jim's address yeah, in the show yeah. notes, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> my last name, Cathcart, C-A-T-H-C-A-R-T, is also my website, Cathcart.com. And it's the email info yep. at Cathcart.com. So if anyone wants to get in touch with me, super easy. And our phone number is uh, one U.S. phone number, 805-777-3477. Nice, nice Good. stuff, Jim. And they can hop, hop on uh, cathcartinstitute.com. Can they do that? Well, it's cathcart.com. Just cathcart.com. Cathcart.com. And there's videos on YouTube. There's videos on LinkedIn. I've got a huge profile. Facebook, uh, WeChat, WhatsApp. Uh, if you the, need to find Jim. You can probably you find can me find on Instagram, Jim. but not as often. That's all right. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, Jim. You're welcome. Good to have you here, buddy. Great yeah. to be with you, cool, Tom. Man. Thank awesome. you. Awesome.